0: Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast with your hosts,
1: Kyle Borgononi and Matthew Betts. Welcome in week sixteen. DFS podcast. This week, you know what? You know what we're going to do this week, bets? We're going to shock gonna the world. Oh, let's do sh- it. I just and I'm talking about my Falcons, man. I think we're going to shock the world.
0: <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. Uh,
1: no, it's it's uh it's not
0: happening. But well, Hey man, they do have Jude Smith, so maybe.
1: You know, we're going to be talking about the judge in just a little bit, but beyond that, I think This is a week, you know, it's getting closer towards the end. We think we know teams and really it's an opportunity just to to get a little different. And I think there's some awesome ways to do that because honestly, at the top, there's some really chalky plays that we're going to talk about this week. So yeah, it's week 16. If you're still in it with us, if you're doing DFS for the rest of us, we are glad that you are with us. Um, You can go on iTunes, subscribe and review. That totally helps us. And we're just going to talk about the main slate and some plays that we like this week. But, Bets, let's review last week, week 15, and just give me some of your thoughts of what went on last week.
0: Yeah, last week was a fun week, I felt like, for for DFS. I mean, as per usual, the snow model uh, hit with Derrick Henry, as it usually does. It's about 100% success rate. Um, But, in all seriousness, like, it was a good week. I feel like if you were plugged in, to the news as far as defensive injuries you could really take advantage and a couple of examples that we'll talk about I know you're going to talk about uh, your boy DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Kyler Murray against my Eagles but other ones that I could think of off the top of my head like on the Saturday slate specifically you know the, the Denver secondary is just so banged up right now They've, they're playing backup corners a backup safety so we saw Josh Allen come out and absolutely smash Chicago same story they were down their slot corner they were also down their top two safeties Justin Jefferson who I played everywhere was at sub-10% in GPPs, and was a great play, went over 100 yards, got the bonus on DK, and no one played him. So I feel like it was a great week that if you're plugged in and you're still grinding and doing the work, looking to see what these injury situations are on the defensive side of the ball, it's easy to kind of project what offenses might do. So it was a really, really solid week for that, and uh, it's it's good when like your extra work pays off and you actually see that through. So that's been great for us in the last week or so.
1: No, for sure. Especially with those cornerback matchups. You know, every week I write the wide receiver versus cornerback matchup in the DFS pass and those make a huge difference. So for me, I had the green light to play DeAndre Hopkins because I knew Darius Slay would be out and that would just change things. And, and Philadelphia had been eaten up by wide receiver ones. That was something that you shared. And honestly, you said this last week in the podcast, and this is kind of what gave me that conviction. You said Kyler Murray And DeAndre Hopkins are the best GPP stack on the slate. And you dude, you were dead on with that. Um, And for that, that's how I cashed. You know, I cashed because I said, I think in cash lineups, those guys are going to come in way under and GPPs. I feel like people are going to want to go there, but yeah, Hopkins was like 10% and um, went over the top. Now he did uh, cost me a spot in the finals in one of my redraft leagues. So but that's how you play DFS sometimes is whoever you're playing in redraft, you play him in DFS. So you can kind of, I don't know, settle your soul and, and not cry yourself to sleep. Like we did yeah. with Keenan Allen.
0: Exactly. That, that was a rough Thursday night. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that is a perfect example. I played against Ryan Tannehill in redraft leagues, so I was like, you know what, this is the week to play him in DFS. That worked out. I played against Derek Henry in a couple of redraft leagues. That was terrifying. So, of course, had to play him uh, in DFS as well. But yes, that's kind of how we—that's how we sleep at night. <laughs> just hedge our bets, and either way, we're winning, basically.
1: For sure. And before we get into the main slate bets, let's—I just want to do a little Christmas edition. So, this podcast is going to come out on Christmas Eve. Um, usually we come out on Fridays, but, um, there's a thing called Christmas. I don't know if you've heard of it, Bets. I have uh, once or twice. It's a, it's a thing on the 25th of this month that, uh, people celebrate. And so, yeah, we'll be with our families. So this is coming out Thursday. So maybe some of the, the info is, um, maybe some injury updates you see over the weekend, practice reports and whatnot. But, you know, we do have football on Christmas, christmasfootball.com. If you want to visit that lovely website, <laughs> you can do that. But I love that. Let's. <laughs> I wanted to go through a DFS Christmas wish. So, Bets, is there anything that you have said, you know what, I've been wanting this for a while in DFS. I've actually been asking for it almost every single week. And I think maybe this weekend it's the time that it actually comes true. So, what's your DFS Christmas wish?
0: Santa, if you're listening, please, please, <laughs> please, please. please. Give me some DJ Chark action in GPPs. I feel like I've played this guy (laughs) way too many times this year. It hit once or twice, but you just know that at some point that big game is coming with Gardner Minshew. Now, listen, it's the Jaguars. They don't have a high team total, all those things. But like we just talked about with Chicago, which is who they play this week, we predict Chicago to be able to put up points against this team. Chicago's battling injuries in the secondary. Maybe this is the week. Maybe this is the week for DJ Chark. So, yeah, I'm gonna play him in at least one or two GPP lineups.
1: If the Jaguars are smart, they would start Mike Glennon in a revenge spot against the Bears, so that they can totally secure that first overall pick.
0: Obviously, that's the actual thing you should do if you don't if you want that top pick.
1: So for me, you know, I like playing cheap quarterbacks in DFS because it saves you a ton of a ton of cash. So for me, in my GPPs, I would love to be able to pair a quarterback and wide receiver together that comes in under 5% like combined in terms of their roster percentage. Like that's you saying I'm finding a quarterback that's one or 2% and I'm finding a wide receiver that's about two or 3%. And so you are finding a major advantage if you can find a quarterback and wide receiver that can hit about 50 combined points together and be that low. So that's what I'm hoping for. I try to do it each week uh, in GPPs is, is throw a couple of darts out there. Sometimes they don't work, but uh, I think it's worth that. Most of the time, uh, they don't. That is DFS for the rest of us.
0: We're we're sickos, man. (laughs) Why do we play this game? It's so frustrating. So,
1: (laughs) Beds, talk to people this week, um, because it looks a little different in terms of just the slate in general and the games, but you're putting out an article about the games that are showing up later on in the week. So usually we put out Thursday, uh, kind of showdown slate, but you're doing one for later in the week. So talk to people about that.
0: Yeah, that'll be in the DFS pass. You'll be able to find my cash and GPP picks for the Saturday slate, which we have three games, and actually they're they're really fun games for for DFS and for fantasy. So, check that out in the DFS pass for sure. You'll have both cash and GPP for FanDuel and DraftKings.
1: Yeah, so it's just it's a fun week like starting on Christmas. Like we're going to have 4 days in a row where it's just, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. We're getting we're getting that action. And so, um It's a lot of fun. So, yeah, you can go at ultimatedfspass.com and uh, save a bunch of cash, 30 bucks. And we're going to be still doing this all the way through the playoffs, which is going to be super fun. But let's talk about the main slate. State of the main slate. So the main slate this week has one team that is going to dominate and and dominate what we talk about, dominate the roster percentages. People are going to be talking about the Chiefs all week. And we're going to get to that game. But just just know Mahomes, Tyreek, Kelsey, like those are the top at each position, which is kind of crazy to think about. Like you have one team that's just salary wise at the very top. But bets, there's another quarterback out there that people are going to be talking about a ton this week. He's going to be pretty chalky. It's your boy Jalen Hurts. Tell me about him,
0: man. Jalen Hurts. What a revelation in fantasy two weeks ago right was just like the dart throw maybe against the saints he works out he came in like sub five percent but like the secret's out right so everyone is going to want to play jalen hurts who i played last week in cash obviously that worked out really well uh, but he was even coming at like 30 percent in those large field double ups so he is going to be popular this week no doubt about it DraftKings did price him up a little bit he's now up to 7k where he was in the fives the last two weeks so they are adjusting for it but I guarantee you, these two, Pat Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, are going to be the top two rostered quarterbacks in GPPs. So, if you are going that route, which is totally fine to do, it's good matchups for both, just make sure you're differentiating yourself elsewhere.
1: The hardest position for me this week is running back. You know, usually we get to pick from Henry, Cook, Kamara. Like, we're going to have some combination of those guys. All of those guys are off the main slate this week. You know, Christian McCaffrey is going to show up at the top of your pricing, but he's doubtful. As of this recording, so we're going to assume that he is not playing. And so at the top, you're having people like Nick Chubb, David Montgomery, who's been on fire over the last month. um, Austin Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, like those are the guys at the top. And I think we can actually poke holes in all of them. So it's going to be interesting this week to see where people go in terms of roster percentages and running backs. Um, but so we'll we'll give you some plays. There's actually some really cheap options this week that opened up. Uh, that I think are are going to help people kind of fit in a couple other studs. Uh, and then at wide receiver, uh, Tyreek's at the top, and then in the same game, Calvin Ridley is super expensive, but he's been, you know, really one of the most consistent wide receivers all year long. And and then bets. I mean, I feel like I ask you this question every week, but like tight ends, like
0: <laughs> it's the same. The only tricky part is that they just keep making Travis Kelsey even more expensive, which I didn't really think was possible to do. So yeah, it's Travis Kelsey priced up as a wide receiver as he is actually in fantasy. Uh, he's the wide receiver three basically if you look at his points on the season, which is crazy if you if you stack him up against those guys. Uh, but he's priced up, and then Andrews is just behind him. It is some savings to get there, but then after that, it's the usual, right? It's like the guys in the four range that we don't love and some cheaper options that are fine. So either you pay up for Kelsey or you punt, in my opinion. That's kind of where I'm at.
1: And you can see all of our picks in the DFS pass, but I just want to say this week, usually we give about five games each week that we say we're going to stack. But if you look at this slate, there's only one game above the 50 total. Uh, it's this first one we're going to talk about Falcons and Chiefs so after we talk about these first games that we want to stack we'll give you some other plays really like in cash a couple of dart throws uh, that we really like but yeah let's talk about this first one it is <laughs> it's my Atlanta Falcons man 21 point team implied total that's not good at all <laughs> uh, they're in Kansas City against a 13-1 and team the Chiefs have a Almost thirty-three point team implied total. They're eleven point favorites, and this game has a healthy fifty-four point total. So that's climbed a little bit in the last day or two. Uh, but bets beyond just you know the Chiefs side, why do we like this game in terms of stacking?
0: Yeah, this is a game that's going to be just an absolute you know passing attack, all that aerial assault on both teams. I mean, the Chiefs essentially, right? They've they've kind of abandoned the run game. Like they had Clyde edwards elaire he was really working in a passing down role primarily, and now he's out, right? So now we get Le'Veon Bell. Are they going to turn to him? I doubt it. So it should be the Pat Mahomes show as per usual. And then on the other side of the ball, man, what a fall from grace for Todd Gurley. It's, it really is a bummer. He was just so good two years ago, but now he's behind Ito Smith on the depth chart. And you could pay me to play Ito Smith, and I would say no. I, I can't do it. So when you look at this matchup, right, the Falcons can't run the ball. And the Chiefs don't want to run the ball because they have the best quarterback in football. So you should see a ton of passing attack, uh, passing options in this game for both sides. Obviously, we know the guys on the Kansas City side, right? It's Pat Mahomes, Tyree Killett, it's Travis Kelsey. But the issue, like you talked about, is they're all very, very expensive. And I played around with a couple of rosters to see if I could fit one or two or even three of them in. And it. Doesn't work to do three, so you're gonna to have to pick and choose. And then obviously on the Falcon side of the ball, it's Calvin Ridley, and I don't know what else you want to look at from there because he, like he's, he's just been so dominant without Julio in the lineup. So what are your thoughts on the on the Falcon side? Because I feel like that's the really tricky part to dissect here.
1: Yeah, the, I mean the easy answer really is Ridley, um, just because he's getting the targets that we want, um, and his price though, like if you if you think of Ridley. You know, in fantasy this year in redraft leagues, he's just been awesome. He's a top five wide receiver, but he's priced as wide receiver two, like on the slate. So you're you're asking yourself to say, like, if I'm gonna go Ridley and I'm using the Chiefs side, then like I'm using up a ton of salary. I added it up. Mahomes Plus, you know, if you're using Hill or Kelsey and then you run it back with Ridley, that is half of your salary in three players. So it's just not, it's not something you can do and really build a great roster. People will do it because that's the logical way to stack this game. But you're just, it's kind of prohibitive from you having a balanced roster in your other positions. You're going to take some zeros. So for me, I I, I don't really want to go Russell Gage's way. Like he's really like, when he scores, it's great, but it's kind of, you know, kind of lucky if I'm honest. And then I know you hate Edo Smith and guess what? I do too because <laughs> I watch him, but the Chiefs are allowing the most running back receiving yards in the NFL. What do I do with that information bets?
0: You crumple it up in a piece I've- of paper and you look <laughs> for the trash can in the corner of the room and you shoot a three pointer into it. Um, no, in all seriousness, if you want exposure to this game, it, it makes sense, right? Like you can't fit all these, these studs in. So if you want to get some exposure to this game, which I definitely do, then he's going to be a guy who, you know, at stoneman for running back on DK at 4,000 and on FanDuel at 5,000 is in play. Now, am I going to do it? If I, <laughs> if you actually tell me to do it, no, I, I can't, but I can see a scenario where it exists and it helps you get there. But it's a lower implied total. You're not asking to do much, though, at the price. So I can see that being a spot to kind of sneak in some salary savings in this matchup. What are your thoughts, though, on Hayden Hurst? He's pretty cheap over on on DraftKings, and we finally saw a decent game from him last week. So what are your thoughts there as a salary-saving option in this game stack?
1: No, that's where I would play him. And the reason why is because Chiefs are allowing the second-highest success rate to tight end position, and he's the in-game pivot. Like, Kelsey's going to be super popular because Atlanta we're really bad at defending the Titan as well. But just like in this game, you're using him as a, as kind of leverage. Now he's not going to outscore Kelsey, but even if he gets somewhat close, like let's say he gets 75% of Kelsey's production. Kelsey has a, I don't know, a game where he goes five for 70. Like that's not going to help you win at all, especially with that price. So I like Hearst as a really cheap option. And on the Falcon side, between Smith and Hearst, like they're so cheap that you are able to pay up on the Chiefs side. So I do think that those two will be a little bit more popular than than we think. They're not great players, but because people want to stack this game and because people want to play these expensive guys, the logical thing to do is to say, "All right, well, I'll, I'll get Mahomes and Hill, and then find somebody cheap on the Falcons side and maybe spend up elsewhere." But do you think people will be doing that?
0: Yeah, probably. I think that's going to be the chalkiest roster construction. Um, but I would also encourage people to look at the ancillary pieces on the Chiefs side. Like to me, I almost feel more confident paying up for Ridley and then going with like a Mahomes to a cheap wide receiver type of play just because if you're if you're rostering Mahomes, then you'll already kind of know, all right, this is a safe bet. I know I'm going to get three touchdowns from from Pat Mahomes presumably given the team total, given sorry Kyle, given the defense like it's very very likely so what happens if he doesn't throw those to tyree kill or travis kelsey what if it's sammy watkins right i mean he's playing a ton of snaps yes there we go i was waiting on that one there we go i love it uh 75 87 percent, 82 percent snaps over the last three weeks so he's on the field he's running a ton of routes seeing six or three ish targets per game so that's kind of his range so he's not seeing a ton of targets that's that's the only issue but He's $5,000 on DraftKings, so he doesn't need to do a ton to pay off that salary. And you get direct leverage off of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So to me, he's a great leverage play. And I'll also just point out real quick, and maybe you can kind of talk about your preference between the two. What are your thoughts on Mikko Hardman? Because I feel like he's a guy in DFS that every week or, or every time we see a little glimpse of Mikko Hardman, it's like, all right, here he is. He's finally getting unleashed into this offense. But last week, dude, he saw a ton of air yards. He was third in the entire league in week 15 at 206 air yards. Didn't do much with them. So there's a lot of, you know, meat left on the bone, so to speak with Michael Hardman. Are you going there in GPPs this week?
1: You know, here's the thing about the Falcons and they give up some of the most big plays in the league. Like those 20 plus yard pass plays is, is something we track all the time. Mahomes leads the league in that category. So I think he's a great, great option. Like, He's $3,100 on DraftKings. Yes. So, yeah, you're going to have to get creative. I think it really is going to be Hardman or Watkins that end up getting a touchdown. And, you know, maybe they're not going to have quite the ceiling that Hill has. You know, they're, I'm not expecting McCole Hardman to go, like, 8 for 150 and 2. Like, right. But if he goes, I don't know, 4 and, you know, breaks 100 just because he's able to break a long one, like 401 is is awesome at that price. So yeah, I think that's the way that you really need to do it in this game and you're creating a ton of leverage. So but let's be clear, like Tyreek Hill awesome play. He did pop up on the injury report with a hamstring issue. Do you know anything about that?
0: Yeah, if you watched the game last week, you could see him on the the sideline. He was on a, on the table. Uh, getting his hamstring worked on, presumably. And what everyone said was it was just tightness and some cramping. So, again, we're doing this on Wednesday. Please monitor the practice reports, see what happens. The Injury Blitz podcast as well will come out tomorrow on Thursday. Again, a little earlier, just kind of given the Christmas uh, holiday and everything. But monitor what happens because as of now, I'm not concerned. But, of course, you know, I'll give some updates on Twitter and look at the Injury Blitz podcast for that, for more details. But as of now, green light for, for Tyreek Kill.
1: Yeah, the thing about Mahomes is since they had the buy, his dropbacks have been forty-seven, fifty-three, forty-four, thirty-nine, fifty-five. Uh, dropbacks. 55! Man, that took is. me a while to find that. I'm a little <laughs> rusty, but uh, that's what you want, and that's what you want to drive the Falcons side um up. But I look back at the last, you know, really two months of the Chiefs games. They haven't been blowing people out like we think. Like that, so if this game stays close, you know, it's 11 point spread. If it stays close, then you're, you can see more than, you know, 25 plus points from the Falcons side and maybe one or two guys from the team gets there. So I like that. But last question, Lev Bell had a touchdown last week. He sees some targets, any interest at all? Like I, I, we briefly mentioned him, but I think he's one going to be one of those players like we love this in, in DFS. Like, oh, the, the starter's gone. Now we need we love the backup. So any interest?
0: Yeah, not for me. I can see a scenario where he gets, he, you know, he finds the end zone at, at 5,800 on DraftKings. It pays off. But we weren't really excited to play Clyde Edwards-Elair over the last month of the season. So why are we now excited to play a running back who, let's be honest, is past his prime, um, is not getting a ton of work? Like, I, I could see a scenario where it's Le'Veon Bell splitting work. Uh, with Darrell Williams in the backfield and I, I just feel like he's going to be a really popular player this week that I don't want a lot of so maybe if I'm entering like multiple lineups in a tournament I'll sprinkle him in here or there but I'm definitely not building around that bell this week.
1: No, I think that's a great point point. and then if you just look at their price, you know Clyde Edwards Slayer was that exact salary last week 5800. So yeah, you're basically maybe that's a better way to look at it just replace the name and say like did we even want to play this guy because if you look at CH's game logs like dude hit 20 points like once in the past three months so not someone that you get too excited about but give me your Vegas pick
0: yeah I'll take the over in this one I just think with how much passing there's going to be like Pat Mahomes you have no concerns about them putting up points the Falcons have shown the ability to kind of keep up when they need to so yeah I will take the over in this one
1: Next game is the Denver Broncos, or as you put them in here, the fighting Drew Locks uh, against the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers, who you know I'm a sucker for them, three and a half point home favorites. This game has a 48 and a half point total. And this is actually a rematch from week eight when Denver won 31 to 30 because the Chargers don't know how to manage the clock. That's very clear from any game you watch with them. But uh, this game is interesting for DFS because there's some cheap options. There's also revenge at play. I mean, that, and that's oh, what stirs yes. the pot. And that's the so, most
0: sticky stat in fantasy, right? Those revenge games.
1: Other than the snow bottle, it's second to none.
0: Yeah, well, obviously, that's a given.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so man, where do you I, want to start?
0: Let's start with the revenge game, right? I actually kind of like Melvin Gordon a lot this week, and I haven't played him a lot in DFS, but he has been like pretty good over the last three weeks like his price is really good on DK at uh, 5600 on FanDuel, he's affordable as well he's 6400 over there and it's kind of been a 50 50 split over the last three weeks with Philip Lindsay but there's a huge difference in what these two backs are doing yards per carry isn't a sticky stat that you know is predictive and a lot of those things but you just look at the efficiency right Philip Lindsay averaging two and a half yards per carry over the last three weeks Melvin Gordon 6.5 he's also involved in the passing game And it can really pay off his salary, I think, this week, given how cheap it is. The Chargers rank 26th in rush defense DVOA. They're 27th in adjusted line yards on the defensive line. So he's a back who's been efficient, who probably will get somewhere in the realm of 15 to 18 total opportunities when you combine his targets and his rushing attempts. And against this Chargers defense, that could pay off. So if you're looking to get up to Pat Mahomes, looking to get up to Kelsey, etc., he's a guy I'm looking at as a solid RB uh, in this week's slate.
1: I wrote him up in the first look and the pace of play. So yeah, I'm with you. He had two touchdowns last week, and 5600 on DraftKings. I think that's just a, a spot where let's say he catches three passes, like it's totally doable. He has the skill set for it. Um, so yeah, I like Melvin Gordon on the other side of the ball. I mean, I just love Austin Eckler. I think he's just super safe. Hopefully, he's over his injury woes. Uh, I checked back last year. He had a 15 catch game against these Broncos last year, and. If Keenan Allen, if he's out, I feel like, you know, he's just going to be awesome. I Check this out, too. Keenan Allen, since Austin Eckler's return, his target share is, like, under 20%. So, you know, he's just kind of been capped. But, uh, yeah, what do you think about Austin Eckler?
0: Yeah, I think he's a great player this week. I have a little bit of pause, though, just given, like, Anthony Lynn's, like, he wants to get Kalen Belage to the football, and, and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why, but when you look at their rushing attempts and their carries inside the 10-yard line where that matters so much for fantasy for a player trying to reach their ceiling to find the end zone, just 6% of Eckler's carries have come inside the 10. For Caleb Blasch, 14% of his have come in that in that zone. So inside the 10-yard line, Caleb Blasch is more likely to touch the ball than Austin Eckler, so it kind of caps his overall upside. Now, that being said, he's also a player that we've seen have – 10 receptions and just go nuts through the air. So on DraftKings, where it's full PPR, that matters a ton. He's 7,600 over there, but he is priced up on this slate. So it's it's really tricky with Austin Eckler this week. I don't know that I'll go to him in cash. On DraftKings, I think he's a great GPP play. But over on FanDuel, he's $7,000. That is too cheap for me. I will definitely be playing him over there.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great cash play. And the reason why we like the Chargers, beyond the fact that they're just a bumbling you know, can't finish game kind of team like my Falcons uh, is that their games rank number one in terms of plays per game. Like they just push the pace you see with Justin Herbert. A lot of the times like he has those 40 yard strikes and those those drives just finish so fast. And those are the kind of things you want on the other side. We also like the fact that Drew Locke, I wrote this in the notes. He can be Jameis Winston if we want him to in terms he of like be. pick six gets the ball back. Uh, and I feel like the Broncos, it, we came into the scene thinking like, okay, they're going to be a little bit better, but they've been pretty bad in a lot of aspects of the game where they've had to go into modes where, you know, drew locks throwing for 300 yards because they're down so much. So I like drew lock as a really large field GPP play at 5,000. It's ugly. It could blow up in your face. Like he's one of those guys. When I mentioned my Christmas wish, like you could use drew lock. You could also like play it safe and uh, not go there at all. But um, how would you stack if you were using lock?
0: Yeah, do you want to enjoy your holiday weekend or not? <laughs> if you don't, play through Lock. No, I'm just kidding. I I agree with you, man. Actually, I think he's a really strong GPP play. Like you were saying, this quarterback can come in at like three percent. Um, because he we've seen him have these spike weeks before, where it's like, where the heck did that come from? And then like the next snap, it's like, dude, are you even are you even playing football? Um, so I agree, he's a, a volatile GPP play. But if you're stacking with him, to me, I'm probably gonna look at Noah Fant. Last week, saw 11 targets, went eight for six, uh, eight for 68 through the year, caught a, a touchdown pass as well. The Chargers are 26th against the tight end position in terms of fantasy points allowed, so it's a strong matchup for Fant. And in general, if I'm paying up in that range, you know, more than forty five hundred, I want a tight end who isn't just gonna like maybe catch a, a touchdown. I want a tight end who can break a long one, who has the athletic ability to do that. And obviously, Noah Fant fits that bill. So if I'm stacking Drew Locke, he's my play this week.
1: I, I, yeah, I, I'm totally on board with you. I think he's actually the my favorite play in this entire game. Uh, is Noah Fant forty eight hundred is just an awesome price. And if you look at tight ends. You know, we talk a lot about punting tight ends and cash, but in tournaments, Kelsey's been so good and so consistent that if you don't play him, you need someone that can get up there and maybe get 80% of the production. And really, if I look at the tight ends, it's Kelsey, it's Andrews, and it's Fant. Like, I don't really see anyone else being able to truly have an elite game. He's a yards after the catch guy. So yeah, I love him a ton. Um, But what's your, if you had to stack this game, like give me one or two different combinations
0: yeah i love justin herbert this week so like to me he is a standout player that you can stack obviously we talked about it with austin eckler in the past where he's actually caught a ton of footballs and his target share is excellent when justin herbert's in the game so i actually think you can go double stack on this one herbert eckler if keenan allen's healthy and you want to pay up obviously we're not going to argue with anyone for that but even like look at the dart throw guys like mike williams is down at 4500 on dk he's super cheap you like these other guys tyron johnson jalen guyton someone is going to have a really strong game in this pass catching core now if you could if you want me to tell you who it is i don't know to be honest with you but denver's secondary like we talked about at the top of the show is so banged up so someone is going to get loose in the secondary for a big game so it's, it's justin herbert plus austin eckler plus one of these wide receivers and then to me bring it back with fant or melvin gordon is is my preferred play here
1: yeah, I, it's probably going to be one of those three receivers you mentioned. And you're they're all super cheap. Guyton's all the way down at 3200 uh and we love these guys because there's air yards there. Like there's these deep passes um that I that I think we like. Um Hunter Henry's dead to me because he killed me last week uh <laughs> live on the podcast. But yeah, <laughs> I I think he's I think he's fine. He's fine. I mean, we probably saw his best game all year last week. So yeah. Uh, not not crazy about that but i think that's a great way to look at it and then i'll just mention the denver wide receivers tim patrick jerry judy i feel like judy's still got an injury thing that's that's been bugging him or just slowing him down am i crazy to think that
0: i don't think so i think part of it too is just like and drew Locke. you know not to get too like football guy on this but like he's not helping out his wide receivers obviously right so like maybe there's some sort of like psychological issue with like trusting his quarterback or like there was a, a play last week I remember on that Saturday game where he literally threw Jerry Judy into like a four man like like all four defenders converged on him as he was trying to catch the football and he dropped it so maybe he's a little skittish out there I don't know but I haven't seen enough to really have any trust in either of these two guys right now
1: are you telling me Drew Locke is dumb
0: no I would never say that he's just irresponsible
1: he, he's got a lot to learn. I'll tell you that much. Sure does. Um, if, if he's going to be a quarterback in the NFL, but yeah, I mean, Tim Patrick, he's had his moments this year. So if you want to go there, if you want to stack that way, but yeah, Fant and Gordon on the, on the Denver side and then Herbert Eckler, and then pick one of those wide receivers, uh, that might do well, but give me your Vegas pick.
0: Yeah. I actually love the over in this one. I think this one gets easily into the fifties. So give me the over on the forty eight and a half. and a
1: half. I will take the over as well. I will not by any means uh, favor the Chargers in any game because they just no. they can't cover. They can't figure out what to do. Um, all right, this next one is an exciting game, Bets, Who knew that we'd be talking about the Eagles at the Cowboys at this point, two teams that really, I mean, yes, they're somehow alive for the playoffs, but um, don't really understand why. But the reason why we like this game is because there's somebody who... Well, new hotness. I searched for that drop for a while, and I'm gonna play it one more time.
0: (laughs) New hotness. I appreciate. He's the
1: new. He's the new hotness, and we're talking about Jalen Hurts. Oh, I thought you were Uh, talking about Andy Dalton.
0: (laughs) I could have been talking about Tony Pollard.
1: That's true. (laughs) Man, Andy Dalton was a thing. We loved. No, we didn't. Um, I wrote this up. Dallas's defense is a turnstile of fantasy points, allowing the third most (laughs) points per drive, the most rushing yards, and the highest yards before contact against the league's (laughs) newest hotness. I cannot believe
0: you just put in the the doc, Dr. Kyla H. Prognoni Esquire the 50th. (laughs) You know,
1: a wise man once once wrote that up. Uh, But, yeah, we like Jalen Hurts, but just know everyone's going to be all over him. I almost think he's going to be too popular for this. And it's even crazier bets. I mean, and and hold your horses for a second. People are going to be playing him naked. What? Don't do that.
0: (laughs) No, definitely do that. I did that last week. (laughs) And it went well. It worked. It went well.
1: Yeah. I just, so the question is how, how much is too much to play Jalen hurts? Because he has such a high floor. He's had 20 rushes in basically two and a half games. And he's dropping back a ton, and this Dallas defense is obviously super bad. So is there a breaking point where you're like, I just can't play him if everyone's gonna be on him? Because he's just he's just super popular.
0: I definitely think that exists. And the other thing we have to remind ourselves too, that you know, in football, like it's so easy to get stuck in these like short-term trends, but it's such a high variance game, and it's only been two games. We've only seen him start two. And in the first game, the defense had no idea how to prepare for him. And then in the second game, it just turned into a shootout with the Cardinals. So I'm not saying Jalen Hurts isn't going to have a great game or can't get there. I think he is a phenomenal play this week. But we can't forget he is a rookie. And this is a scenario where we've seen guys disappoint in the past too, right? So like if he's going to come in, I mean, for a quarterback in GPPs, if he's going to come in at 15 plus percent, I'm going to look to get different elsewhere. I mean, there's other plays that are values that we can get to that are going to be well below, I think, 8% uh, in tournaments. So if he gets up to that mark, I'm probably out, but I do think he is very cash viable this week at seven thousand dollars. Obviously much, much cheaper than Pat Mahomes.
1: Yeah, the floor is just too great. Um, so if you want to play him in cash and just say, you know what, I'm feel good at least getting twenty twenty five points. Like that's that's pretty awesome. His salary was fifty one hundred, then it was fifty nine hundred, now it's all the way up to seven thousand. So you're getting the point where like he has to hit twenty five points, though. Like if he doesn't hit 25 points, you're asking yourself, like, is this worth it? So um, the hardest part, too, on the Eagles side is, like, who do you stack this guy with? Like, that I don't know. Where do you go?
0: I wish I had a good answer. I don't know because he's spreading the ball out a ton, which is, you know, it's it's good for the NFL, for the Eagles, for the team, like from real football perspective. Like, you want to see that, like, go through the reads and all that sort of thing. But, I mean, he completed a pass to nine different, Pass catchers, including the running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, last week. So you can't like zero in on a guy like you know, for our Kyler Murray, for example. We know it's going to DeAndre Hopkins. We can't say that with with Jalen Hurts. So Jalen Rager is the only guy that caught um, five plus footballs in any game with with Hurts this season. So I guess if you're choosing one, it's Rager as a dart throw. I mean, we know the Cowboys, right? They're um, getting beat to the air left and right in Rager. 4,600 on DraftKings is, is cheap. You can get to him for sure. So I think if you're going to stack him, he's the play. But like you said, you can get a little wild this week and play him naked.
1: (laughs) You know, it's, it's the end of the season and we got to do it. Um, so obviously we know that Philadelphia loves targeting their tight ends. Dallas Goddard, 3,600 Ertz all the way down at 3,100. When I saw that price, I was like, Oh, I remember this guy used to be the tight end one in pricing. Um, Hertz had seven targets last week and, and Goddard's seen 14 in the two Hertz weeks. So uh, are those the guys you want to go or do you feel like you're just going to guess the wrong guy?
0: Yeah, that's the fear I have is that I'm going to be like, all right, this is Goddard's week. And then Zach Ertz goes for, you know, like four catches, but two of them are touchdowns like something like that's going to happen. So I don't know that I'll click the button on those two guys, but I can totally see the argument where you you go that route for sure.
1: The pivot in this game, though, is is really clear. Like, Miles Sanders is set up for success against the team that's allowing the most rushing yards. On Fandle, he is only 7,300. I think he is an elite play there. But can you play him in cash?
0: I think so. I mean, when you look at the running backs on the slate, right? Like, you talked about it. The RB1 this week is Christian McCaffrey. Okay, well, he's out. So now we're going to go to Nick Chubb. And on DraftKings, he's a, a back that doesn't catch a lot of uh, uh, passes. So like, I don't love that type of scenario there. Then you look down and all right, it's Dave Montgomery, he's fine, but he keeps going up in price. So Miles Sanders to me is a guy that I think is very viable in cash. If you want to pay down a little bit, he's kind of in the, the upper echelon, but he's not the most expensive at running back. He's been on the field a ton the last two weeks. And you know, our, our boy Doug Peterson could pull that out from underneath of us at any moment in time. But uh, from what we've seen, he's been on the field 80 plus percent of the snaps the last two weeks Nineteen opportunities in back-to-back weeks, and over the last three weeks, man, Dallas—like the only defense that is worse against the run—is the Jaguars. So you absolutely can play Miles Sanders in cash.
1: Yeah, right now I have Sanders, and then I have Mahomes as my quarterback because I just—that's that's where I'm at right now. So I think it's a great way to get a little different. Um, I think people will be on to the fact that the Cowboys are just bad at, at rush defense, but. Yeah, Sanders is a great option this week. But on the Dallas side, if you were going to stack with Hurts, who would you run it back with on the
0: Dallas side? Dude, I love Amari Cooper this week. This week, I had the, the ability to write up the GPP picks on DraftKings. And Amari is is the guy I want to talk about the most, man. 5700 on DraftKings is in a range where he could easily pay off that salary um, uh, he's just too cheap for what he can do. We look at this wide receivers, the wide receiver once against Philly over the last month of the season. We talked about it last week, and I just want to remind everyone, adding Mr. DeAndre Hopkins, nine for 169 and one into the stat line. We have Michael Thomas, eight for 80. Devontae Adams, 10 for 121 and two. DK Metcalf, 10 for 177 against backup corners and backup safeties. So is Amari like that elite high ceiling type of play as these guys? Probably not, but his price isn't at a point where you need him to. And so if Michael Gallup sits because of his hip pointer injury, which right now he's about 50, 50 to play, if he sits, I mean, we could see Amari Cooper push like nine, 10 targets in this game. And that'll be plenty of volume to pay off against this Eagle secondary.
1: For sure. Yeah. And I think what's going to drive him down is he went one for five
0: against these Eagles earlier in the
1: year. And so I think that'll be in people's mind, but uh, we don't really know the situation right now. If Zeke is going to play, like that's not a for sure. Um, Tony Pollard won people some money last week. I mean that he was the he was the the differentiator. Like if you had Tony Pollard in your lineup, you had the RB one, and uh, he's obviously a lot more expensive this week. He's still a value though on Fanduel sixty three hundred. He was on the field the whole time, and the dude's just electric. Like I I it's an awkward situation. Like that's how it feels where we're just like, Oh, this is, this is weird. We don't want Zeke to come back. Like just feels, <laughs> feels take real an weird. Extra week, so Zeke.
0: just, just take a week.
1: So do you think Tony Pollard? let's just say Zeke is out. Do you think Tony Pollard is in play considering that Eagles have a pretty good rush defense?
0: I think so because he's gotten there on efficiency and unlike Zeke for whatever reason, it's, it's kind of weird. Like, whatever Tony Pollard's in there, he gets targets, and Zeke doesn't. So it's not like they're using these backs, and, like, that's how they use the running back position as a whole. It's like, all right, Tony Pollard has a a pass-catching skill that fits today's NFL, and you're seeing that on the game. Like, if you just watch the games, watch Tony Pollard catch the football. He's great. Saw nine targets last week. If he's going to get five, six, seven targets, like, yes, you definitely can play him despite the tough matchup. So I, the only question I think is like, do you think he's cash viable? Cause in tournaments, I think he's great.
1: I don't think I'll go there uh, because I think his name is just going to pick up so much steam. Like he's going to he, push 20
0: plus percent easy.
1: Yeah. If Zeke's out, I think he, I think he totally will. And I mean, it's just the recency bias basically tells everyone like, this is the guy you need to play. And so I'm not telling you not to in GPPs, but in cash I'll probably stay away, uh, but man, nine targets last week—like that's that's what you want to see. If you know if if the Cowboys are coming back in this one, then that's a great way to go. But any other thoughts on this game?
0: Uh, I did mention Amari in detail. Don't forget about CeeDee Lamb too. Like if Michael Gallup's out, he's also a great pivot as a GPP bringback. But so I'll just mention CeeDee Lamb.
1: All right, give me your Vegas pick.
0: I'm being a homer, man. I'm going with the Eagles. Flagless flag. Give me the minus two.
1: I'm going to follow suit because I just don't think Dallas's defense can get it done. Uh, it doesn't really matter that it's in Dallas. And yeah, if Michael Gallup's out, Zeke's out, I just think that uh, the Eagles find a way. All right, last game we're going to talk about here before we get into our picks. It's the Los Angeles Rams 9-5 and at the Seattle Seahawks 10-4. and So this is a super important game in terms of the NFC West and the Seahawks are one and a half point home favorites currently as a 47 and a half point over. And I did some, some searching bets. I looked at the last four years. So since Sean McVay came to Los Angeles, I started looking at Seattle and Los Angeles games and they have been all over the map. I mean, you have games where the totals like 26, the totals like 30, the totals like 40, And then you have these monster games where they're going over 60. So my question is, what type of game are we going to see? Like, are we going to see where they're pushing it? Or is this going to be another ugly game that we've seen, honestly, a lot recently with the Seahawks?
0: I honestly could see a situation where it's one of those lower scoring games. So it's tough because the total is decent for a slate like this. Like 47 and a half points is decent. Uh, relative right normally you would be like yeah it's fine it's not that high but on a slate that only has one game over over 50 you have to consider it so it's difficult and to be honest with you like I haven't settled where I'm gonna go as far as my stance on this game but as of now on Wednesday I think it's gonna be an under game I mean you look at the Rams who got embarrassed against the Jets right they couldn't stop Sam Darnold with backup running backs and, and you know middling wide receiver talent and Chris Herndon <laughs> tight end so like Uh, Are they going to come up this week and be like, let's focus in and stop Seattle because we need to win this game and they need to lose for us to stay alive in the playoff hunt as far as the division lead out there. So it's a huge, huge game for the Rams. I think they'll bounce back on defense for sure. And we've talked about this a lot with Seattle in the past, how like in the recent trends with Russ, like when they are wanting to run the ball on first down, which they do because that's how they play. It puts Russ in in bad situations, and he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league on third down this year. So the Rams have an elite pass rush. Russ struggles against the pass rush. I could just see it being like a really ugly, like 20 to like 13 game, and you're like, yeah, I got a couple points here and there from one of these guys, but I don't love the game stack, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, the running backs is actually what I'm most interested in this game. Uh, Daryl Henderson Jr. is going to be very popular knowing that Cam Akers is out and I just need to sidebar here. Can you explain to me how Cam Akers who got hurt in the first half came back in the second half played 89% of the snaps in the second half and then was like immediately ruled out on Tuesday. Like that's insane to me. If he got hurt, came back in the game, that doesn't make any
0: sense. Adrenaline is a hell of a drug. (laughs) no, but in all honesty, like these high ankle sprains usually swell over the course of time. So like you'll often see players, if they're injured in the first half, come back and then like not be able to finish. So they'll kind of have a window where they're like, all right, I feel pretty good. I'm good to go. And then by the end, the swelling gets there and the stiffness in the ankle develops and that kind of thing. So yeah, man, I was shocked that he finished that game when we heard that news. So um, hats off to the guy, like lots of toughness to play that many snaps too through that high ankle sprain. Do
1: you think part of it was like, Hey, We're losing to the Jets. Get back
0: out there. (laughs) Yes, I I definitely think that was the case.
1: (laughs) But yeah, Daryl Henderson, uh, he's in play at 4,500 on DK, 5,600 on FanDuel. Uh, He can visit the end zone very easily. I am also very scared that Malcolm Brown could easily be the guy. I mean, we've seen him. Like, he's a touchdown vulture. That's, like, all he's been. In his career so how comfortable do you feel with uh daryl henderson and would you play him in cash
0: it's really tricky man i mean i could totally see a scenario where you're like you know he goes for 12 points and on dk at 4,500 and you're like yeah he just X the salary like why didn't i play him i can also see a scenario where he goes for like eight and all of a sudden malcolm brown falls in the end zone twice and you're kicking yourself so I honestly don't know how I'm going to handle it. I do know for sure I'm going to be a full fade in GPPs. I think he's just going to be way too popular and kind of fade that chalk. But the other thing, too, is like with Sean McVay, we heard a quote uh, yesterday on Tuesday asking him about what he's going to do with these running backs. And he was like, honestly, I think I'm just going to let the game flow dictate how we use these guys. So it's hard to say if they could out big and they want to, you know get the run game going, Daryl Henderson could be fine, but they've used Malcolm Brown in a pass catching role before. And if Seahawks get up big, that's going to happen. So I'm a little worried about it in cash, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. The Rams are just such a tricky team. We've talked about this a couple weeks ago, but you know, there's a, there's a game where Goff says, I'm going to throw it 45 to 50 times because they need him, or they're just going to run the ball and Goff throws it, you know, 20 times. Like it's just, they can morph and they're a really hard team to peg. In terms of GPPs. We saw that last week. They lost to the worst team in the league. So uh, I think there's a lot of volatility in using Rams. So I don't love them in cash. Uh, Robert Woods is consistent. If you want a high floor, Uh, I think he's there. Cooper Cup, as honestly, if you look at his game logs, had two good games in three months. So uh, I think a lot of people won't want to play him. But let's go to the Seattle side. Uh, Russ what do we do with russ i mean he's still expensive and honestly anytime he's faced an elite pass rush this year he's been bad washington last week 13 points the giants he had 17 the your eagles uh he had 14 and then uh against these rams earlier it was less than 13 points so like if he faces an elite elite pass rush he's just not getting it done and they sacked him six times earlier this year so where do you want to go with you know, just this Seattle side.
0: Yeah. No, thank you on Russ for me. If I'm playing anyone on Seattle, I love Chris Carson this week. I wrote him up in the the DFS pass as a a tournament play the last three weeks, man, 19, 17, 18 opportunities per game. Everyone's going to look at this matchup and say, Oh man, the Rams are such a good defense. I can't do that. And GPPs, man, he's going to get lost in the shuffle. And he's also a guy who we've seen him actually be really productive this season. Uh, and over the last two years, really, with Chris Carson in the passing game, people don't think about him as a pass catching back, but he's getting like, you know, three, four, five targets a game. And that matters a ton when you talk about ceiling and DFS. So I love Chris Carson this week as a GPP pivot off of the popular guys like Dave Montgomery and, you know, Nick Chubb, those types of guys.
1: Yeah, I think he's one of the better plays this week. And if you just scroll like you'll look at his name and he's kind of lumped with a couple other people like 6400 on dk he's right next to jd mckissick he's just like they're very different in terms of you know their profiles in terms of who could fall into the end zone um i also have a soft spot because uh he went to the high school uh where i live parkview high school so uh Fun chris pack. carson yep yep and he's huge he could eat me if he wanted to <laughs> Um, I don't know if he's a cannibal. But um DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Any interest in those two because I feel like Metcalf has kind of slowed down, you know, over the last uh couple of months and then Lockett, we know like just hasn't been there. I saw this stat, he has 5 straight weeks where his dot is 7 yards or under. Like they're just he's just not getting those deep targets that we want. So, interest in those two.
0: I mean, listen, like there's going to be a week sometime relatively soon where Tyler Lockett just all of a sudden shows up for 102 and you're going to be like, what the heck was that? Predicting that week is not something I want to do. So I'm not going to play Tyler Lockett. I'll I'll take the L if it happens. DK Metcalf, though, I, I do think is really interesting. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, when these two teams met uh, last uh, earlier in the season, he went like two for like 28 or something like that. So he didn't do anything. So I think a lot of people are going to see that and say, oh, I can't play him. You're going to get DK Metcalf at under 5% in tournaments. And I'll always bet on a guy that's as talented as him with a quarterback like Russ throwing the football. So I do think he's at least intriguing as GPPs, but definitely not in cash.
1: Yeah, I think that's a the correlation play. If you want to do one in here, it's let's say you want to go Henderson and then play Metcalf on the other side. That's fine. Or if you want to do Carson on the Seahawks side and, Robert Woods or Cooper cup. Like that's the combination that I think you can do is kind of one off. I'm not really interested in these quarterbacks um, at all. So give me your Vegas pick.
0: Yeah. I don't like this game, man. I'm going to take the under
1: it's close. Uh, I could see it, you know, being that I'll just take, I'll take the Rams plus the points. I think they bounce back. They're a better team than cash than, than losing to the jets. All right, let's go through a couple of different plays uh, worth mentioning here. Uh, give me a couple of cash plays that you think people need to wake up to, to, to stay woke as the kids say,
0: is that what they're saying these days? Um, yeah, it, it's the obvious, right? Like we can't forget about David Montgomery. We're not going to talk about him in these game stacks, but obviously what he's done over the last month of the season, he's been the, the RB one in fantasy. He's been great. 7.7, uh, on DraftKings, 7800 on FanDuel. I much prefer him over there on, on FanDuel where he's priced down a little bit. So very good value over there. And then don't forget about Jarvis Landry as well. He is cheap on FanDuel at 6500 against the Jets. They have gotten destroyed through the air this season, especially against slot wide receivers. So I do like Jarvis Landry quite a bit this week if you're looking to save a little bit of salary at the wide receiver position.
1: And I'll give you another cash wide receiver If Tyler Boyd is out, who's in concussion protocol, then T Higgins is only 4,700, faces a Texans team, and I think that he could soak up eight plus targets, and so I think that's just elite, and he's honestly been super consistent the whole year. I understand Ryan Finley is uh, bad, he's just really bad, but uh, that price is is something that I think you can look at, and then I just need to mention David Johnson uh he saw 11 targets this past that's like how they needed to utilize him so i don't love him uh in terms of cash but that if that floor is going to stay that way if if deshaun watson is finally going to start targeting the running back position something he's never done over the course of his career then i think david johnson is someone that we just need to think about uh, coming up because he's still too cheap especially on a set like dk all right give me a couple of dart throws
0: we talked about it with the Christmas Wish, man. Give me DJ Chark this week. Come on. Against the Chicago Bears. Was targeted in the end zone last week. Gardner Minshew just straight up missed him. He, if he catches that, we're talking about this guy in a different way. And I just want to bet on a guy that has like the speed that DJ Chark has. Now, is it a thin play? Yes. And I get the trends have not been good. But DJ Chark is a guy that's too talented to be kept this quiet for this long. So I like him as a dart throw in GPPs. And then I'll also throw out Austin Hooper. Against who? the Jets. Yeah, exactly. The Jets, 32nd best against the tight end position, AKA the worst. um Hooper saw six targets last week. He only needs a handful to pay off at his $3,500 salary on DraftKings. So he's extremely cheap this week. I like him for going to tournaments.
1: Could I interest you in a player who leads the New York Giants in targets bets? Potentially. Who is it? It is Darius Slayton, who. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, he's seen 17 targets the last two weeks. Um, uh, we don't know if Daniel Jones is going to play. as a limited participant. I actually don't care because Colt McCoy actually loves this guy. And against the Ravens, they're going to be a negative game script and the Ravens like have given up a lot of points to the wide receiver position. So I think in a GBP he's just a dart throw out there. Nobody's going to play him because he hasn't done anything in weeks. So, um, I don't mind going there and then, if I really wanted to throw out another player, Jamison Crowder, especially on DK, is way too cheap. He's in the 4,000s. If you're going to stack that game, or if you're at least going to use somebody like Jarvis Landry or Austin Hooper, if you want to go on the other side with Jamison Crowder, if he plays, I think he'll see you know six, seven targets, and um, I think he'll be fine. So let's uh, battle it out if Kyle can find the drop. <laughs> DFS Battle Royale. Betts, you have uh you've committed murder
0: because it's last week
1: last week you won every single category.
0: Get wrecked, Kyle. Thirty six to I, thirty on the season, man. Oh my god. I know and I, and
1: I was I was feeling good a while back, but um I put it this way when I was explaining about Keenan Allen, what Keenan Allen did to me. Uh it's basically just I'm dead, my graves unmarked. And, uh, <laughs> might as well build a Denny's on top of my grave and pee on me. Cause that's how it feels. <laughs> just, just completely
0: oh. last Thursday destroyed. was something else. I was so sad. So sad.
1: I hate that. I love Keenan <laughs> Allen so much. <laughs> anyway. All right. Um, let's go through a couple of categories to help the people, uh, the loyal listeners, the, the people that every week, they're listening to us. Where are they listening to us, Bets? I mean, where do where do our listeners listen?
0: <laughs> There's literally only two scenarios that exist in this world. It's either <laughs> on a run or on the toilet. So, whatever whatever uh, you know suits. Either way, we don't judge.
1: Next season, I'll figure out a new place. But yeah, those are it. You're on a run. You're uh, <laughs> or you're on a run to the toilet. Maybe that's your. At. Give me a stacking quarterback under six K on DK that people could use this week.
0: Yeah, how about Mitch Trubisky? 5,700. I know you went to him last week in this category, but it was David Montgomery that stole the show. And that's always the concern when you're talking about this this offense. But it's the Jaguars, right? Like, they're going to put up points. They're horrible against quarterbacks. They're horrible against running backs. They're horrible against wide receivers. So, like, you can stack Mitchell Trubisky with Allen Robinson, who I love this week. Um, Obviously, we'll talk about Cole Komet very, very soon. Like, there's other plays that you can get. Mitch Trubisky in. I also don't mind even going like a full team stack. Mitch, Mont, uh, David Montgomery, and Cole Comet or uh, Allen Robinson. So Mitch Trubisky, my stacking quarterback at sub-6K over on DraftKings.
1: All right. Mine is Dwayne Haskins. No, it's not Dwayne Hask-
0: Haskins. Just kidding.
1: Did you see that um, there was a headline that said Dwayne Haskins stripped of
0: his uh, captaincy? Oh, that is which- that is brilliant. I did not see that.
1: And then I also saw like, how is that guy named the captain? Like,
0: yeah, <laughs> that's the more egregious talk- conversation. Like, how how is that possible? How did <laughs> that conversation?
1: No, I won't do Dwayne Askins. Um, I will mention Matthew <laughs> Ryan, 5,800. We didn't talk about a lot when you mentioned that Falcons Chiefs game, but, you know, he showed up big time last week when we had kind of, you know, written him off and Julio didn't play. So. You know, maybe he's coming back against the Chiefs. He can hit that 300-yard bonus, but 5,800, if you want to use uh, Ryan and Ridley and then uh, just pick either Hill or Kelsey on the other side, I don't think that's the worst way to go, and you'll get him at way less roster percentage than Mahomes. All right, cash game running back. (laughs) It's funny, I wrote in here, cash game running back, not named Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, or Kamara, who aren't on the slate. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that left the options very open for this week but it's just funny though like we didn't even catch that because they're just always the, the rb1 two and three on, on pricing but yeah how about david Montgomery? we talked about this uh, this scenario already just you know what has he done the rb1 over the last four weeks and i finally 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 put my bias aside last week and i played him and it was fantastic so i'm going back to david Montgomery this week against the jaguars i despise him with a passion and i'm gonna losing play him this money? week
1: against the Jaguars yeah you know I kind of I feel like I have to he's gonna be super popular I hope he chokes. um (laughs) I'm gonna go with Austin Eckler we mentioned him earlier I just love that pass catching floor If Keenan Allen is out uh I could write down 10 receptions just just right now so that's awesome especially on DraftKings PPR uh site all right give me a cheap wide receiver under 5,000
0: I'm going to go with the real Hollywood. I'm not talking about Marquise Brown. Hollywood Higgins, Rashard Higgins for the Browns, $4,800 on DraftKings. He's a great like play this week as a pivot off of the very, very popular Nick Chubb, the very popular, likely Jarvis Landry. We talked about Austin Hooper. No one's going to talk about Rashard Higgins, but they're taking on who, Kyle? The Jets. And I think they're a bad defense based off of my extensive research. So I will take some Rashard Higgins here, who I think is a very, very strong GPP play this week for the reasons I just mentioned.
1: I like Hollywood Higgins a lot. I remember a couple of weeks back, we were talking about him in that Titans game and, uh, he yeah, you were on it that week. That... He
0: was like, what? 2%. Yes, he's,
1: he's good. He really is good. And Baker loves him. And we haven't mentioned Baker this show, but I think Baker's a fine play like against the jets um, oh, yeah. 5,900. 9, 5, so uh, mine is Jalen Rager. I, you've probably heard me talk about him a lot. Uh, he's just, you know, we're, we're waiting for him to break one of those long ones. I think he can do it against the Cowboys. Um, and last week, he led the team in receiving. So at 4,600, if you want to stack him with Hurts, I just want to give you the confidence to say, do it. All right, give me a punt tight in.
0: I mean, come on. Do we even need to do this? Like, you guys know who I'm going to say. It's Cole Komet. I'm going to go back to him here because his price didn't change despite the fact that he played literally every single snap for this offense last week. And we talk about it. I feel like every now and then there's a player who emerges and there's kind of some up weeks and there's some down weeks. But what you look at is like, is this player on the field and is he running routes? And the answer to those questions is yes. On the first drive, I was so excited because I played him in cash last week. He saw two targets, caught two balls. Didn't catch another ball the rest of the game. So I was like, what is happening? But at 3K, it's just too too cheap for a guy who's going to play every snap. Uh, And obviously, the matchup here is very, very juicy.
1: That's a great one. I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey because he's better.
0: (laughs) Good call. In that case, I will take Pat Mahomes as my second quarterback. I'll go with
1: Zachary Ertz. And you might think that he is dead. Um, But he saw seven targets last week all the way down at 3,100. And it's a PPR play. Um, that's that's just where I think he can go. And the price is just way down there that if you get three catches, you know, three catches for 30 yards, I, I think that's a good place to start. But um, hopefully this game is a back-and-forth affair. The Cowboys can, can stay there. So Ertz is there. Goddard's a little bit more expensive, but I'll just go all the way down to Ertz, 3,100. And I will fail to mention Jordan Aikens because uh, he's exhausted
0: us and everyone yep. else.
1: All right, give me a sneaky DST under 3K.
0: Houston, we have a problem. Not really. We can play Houston. There's no problem. I'm going to play Houston Texans this week. They are 2,800 on DraftKings. And when you look at this game against Cincinnati... Recency bias is real, and everyone's going to look at what happened with Pittsburgh and be like, oh my gosh, Ryan Finley just won against Pittsburgh. How is this possible? But I still trust J.J. Watt and company to get after the quarterback and give Ryan Finley fits. I do not see a scenario where they're able to let him... Sit back there, and then all of a sudden, take off on like zone reads, and sit back comfortably in the pocket. So I'm going to take Houston here. I think they're a sneaky play this week. They're a little bit pricier than I would like them to be. Like I, I kind of feel like they should be like twenty three, twenty four hundred. So they're a little bit priced up, which I feel like no one is going to play them. So I'll take Houston here uh, this week at twenty eight hundred.
1: Drop a little bit lower. Mention the Seahawks at twenty six hundred. We talked about that game earlier as one that bets likes the under. You know, it's it's like it could be really ugly. And so the Rams side is obviously the defense that we think of more. But Seattle has improved a ton. They have Jamal Adams back, who's, you know, all over the place on the field. And I just don't trust Jared Goff on the road. If you look at his career, it's been pretty extreme in terms of his home road splits. So I think Seattle is a pretty high floor. And I think in tournaments, there's somebody that could actually make some noise uh, if Goff gets riddled, uh, kind of rattled. And uh they're they're using Daryl Henderson. Cam Akers isn't in there. So uh like Seattle as a sneaky DST. All right. This week bets, I'm actually gonna try to get in our DraftKings tournament that we host each week because it's filling up so fast. So what should I do to get into that?
0: All you gotta do, Kyle. I'll invite you to the league, but All you got to do is go on DraftKings, search for Borg and Bets. You'll you'll join our league. We run this every week. 75-man tournament, $5 entry, top five payout. If you can't find it, which it is kind of confusing on DraftKings, just DM us on Twitter at the Fantasy PT or at Kyle underscore Borg. We'll help you find it. It's a ton of fun. And I'll be honest, like, I haven't cashed one week in that tournament yet. So if you want to come take my money, that's the place to do it.
1: Nice. Yeah, I've won it only one week, and then I've cashed another one. So, yeah, it's it's a fun way for people to get in. and we've had people message like wow I've I placed fifth this is like this is great I get to actually cash and 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 do well so yeah join us on DraftKings we'd love to do that and hey maybe towards the end of the season we'll play a couple other tournaments too Um, we know people want to get more into those so Betts any last closing thoughts
0: man it's Christmas week hopefully everyone's having a safe and happy holiday season good luck this week put a little extra cash in your pocket with Rashard Higgins let's go
1: Nice. Yes, everyone have a great week, and Merry Christmas.
0: Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.